So check this out. Bright Hire just launched this amazing AI sidekick called Bright Hire Plan. It's like having your very own AI assistant that can build full interview plans in just minutes. Imagine going from a job title to a thoughtfully crafted, inclusive job description and a full structured interview plan in minutes. No, not hours anymore. It's a game changer for recruiters and hiring managers. I know I'm usually the one to hate on new tech, but honestly, this sounds incredible. This is AI used right for better quality and more efficiency. It's like the holy grail of recruiting. Dozens of companies from high growth startups to multi-billion dollar enterprises are already using Bright Hire Plan to save tons of money, time, and raise the quality of their hiring. And here's the best part. You can give Bright Hire Plan a spin for free. That's right, for free for 30 days. Just head over to brighthire.com to get started. That's brighthire.com to get started. Cheeseman out. Hey, HR, have you joined the programmatic revolution? If not, you're about to get schooled on how to take your organization to the next level. Check this out. 95% of CMOs use programmatic advertising, but only 5% of CHROs are using it to advertise their jobs. Where's the disconnect? PandoLogic uses powerful automation to drive higher-performing job ads without the bloated budget. It's time to transform the way you think about job advertising and join the revolution. Learn more at pandologic.com forward slash revolution. Like Shark Tank? Then you'll love Firing Squad. Chad Soash and Joel Cheeseman are here to put the recruiting industry's bravest, ballsiest, and baddest startups through the gauntlet to see if they've got what it takes to make it out alive. Dig a foxhole and duck for cover, kids. The Chad and Cheese podcast is taking it to a whole other level. Oh, hell yeah. What's up, everybody? It's your favorite podcast. And your co-host, Joel Cheeseman, joined as always by my favorite person, at least for the next 30 minutes, Chad Sowash. And holy shit, we haven't done one of these in a while. This is Firing Squad, right? Yeah, Firing Squad. And today we are pleased to welcome Canvas to the show and and welcome CEO, oh, we'll get to that in a second, and CEO Ben Herman. Ben, welcome to Firing Squad. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited to be here. You sound really excited. Are you scared at all? You're so cool and laid back. We've already found out that we're Ben's emotional fluffers for the day, so uh, it's time to get this bad boy rolling. <laughs> Mornings with Chad and Cheese. Yes, Ben has given us a new multi-million dollar startup <laughs> idea. <laughs> Tell him what he's won, Chad. Well, Ben, you will have two minutes to pitch Jumpstart. Oh, fuck, no. Canvas. At the end of two minutes, you will hear that bell. Joel and I will hit you with rapid fire Q&A. If your answers start rambling or you just get fucking boring, you're going to hear the crickets. At the end of Q&A, you will receive either big applause... Start shopping for that private jet, baby. Golf clap. Okay, maybe just a used Cessna. Or, last but not least, the firing squad. That means you're pretty much in a holy rowboat, man. You got to start this shit from ground zero. Any questions? That'll give you a big will from his 70s collection in the garage <laughs> if you get the if you get the big guns. Are you ready, ready to go? Ben? No questions. I'm ready. All right. 
in three, two. So I'm Ben, CEO, founder of Canvas. Uh, spent 10 years recruiting, uh, started at the age of 17 and became fascinated by people, companies and the whole hiring process. After that decade, having two daughters, I decided there was a lot of smoke and mirrors um, in this industry and most of the platforms didn't work. So I wanted to create a platform that ultimately helped people of all backgrounds find different opportunities and really what I found and what I discovered was it was really an accessibility problem, nothing more than that. And so we started with early in career talent, created a solution that's helped companies like Lyft, Pinterest, Airbnb, Twitch, etc. hire more underrepresented groups across the board, had huge success and recently expanded this company to now take on more business more experienced talent, and more companies. Where can they find out more about your company, Ben? Canvas.com. All right. Get them, Chad. Okay, Ben. So getting a little bit into your history and past, as we take a look at tech today, it's incredibly important to understand that tech, for the most part, is a commodity. And generally, the leader is who you bet on. And you're that guy. So what gives a high school dropout the edge over all those Harvard NBA founders that are out there today? Um, Well, I'm sure some would say there is no edge over them, but I would say I disagree. Um, I think it's real life experience that's been lived. um, And I don't believe that you can get that in education. And so I committed my whole life to recruiting, as I said, since I was 17. And I worked with, you know, the most elite quant funds in the world, who hired the most sought after talent and saw many, many different things from in exclusivity to promises that were never kept uh, to biased processes and to ultimately racism and favorism that really affected my life. And so I have a real motive behind me to change the world for the positive. Over the years of being in recruiting, you've obviously used tech a lot. What made you think that you could actually take an industry, the diversity, equity, inclusion industry, one one that really has been a smokescreen for the most part, and actually make it into something that is quantifiable and something that moves the needle? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, first of all, I would agree with you. It is as I say, a lot of smoke and mirrors. I think you have to have the data and you have to have self-reported data. I don't believe that AI and NLP is the future, meaning predictive uh, ethnicity and gender based off of someone's name or photo. We we take a a color brave approach, not a color blind approach to recruiting. And how we go about that is it's companies working together to complete the diversity data gaps And if we bring all of that data into one place, every company and every candidate will be more successful. I think I speak for both uh, both of us when I say uh, when when the word canvas raised uh, 20 million dollar or 20 million across our desk, we both did a double take because there's a canvas that's near and dear to our heart. Uh, that you could find at GoCanvas.io that was acquired by uh, Jobvite a few years ago. One, props for the Canvas.com acquisition. I want to know how that went down. Oh, yeah. Um, the original name was uh, Jumpstart.me. Why did you go to Canvas? Like, Just what's the story of moving from Jumpstart to Canvas, the domain uh, acquisition? Why'd you land on Canvas? Just tell, us, tell me about that story. Yeah. 
there's a lot to that. The 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 short and sweet, um, so I don't hear some tweets, is that jumpstart.me never really had the level of trust, authenticity, and magnitude of the vision that we had for the company. And we realized that it didn't kind of allow us to expand our horizons. And we felt pretty restrained um, by the domain. Um, so we wanted a bigger, more relatable brand. And we believe that everyone's painting their own picture. Everyone's telling their own story. And I had great access to the domain through a mutual friend. And, and so, you know, thought it was a brand that could represent us very, very well. So say more about you had great access to the domain. What does that mean? Was it, was it being used? Uh, if it was by whom and how did that go down? Canvas.com's never been used. Okay. Um, it's always been parked. My, uh, you know, my friend introduced me to someone who, you know, is, is really well-respected when it comes to domains. I've really geeked out over domains since the nineties okay. and held many myself, um, and sold them. And so connected, with this guy and we, we hit it off and spent the last year talking about how we could make something work and got a really great deal that made it worthwhile. Yeah. What was the price tag on that? I can't disclose that. (laughs) All right. So, uh, you announced in May a $20 million series B raise. Um, what will the money be used for? Um, what was the necessity to go out and raise more money? Talk about that. Yeah, the the money is really going to be leveraged for us expanding to help everyone um, from all backgrounds and all years of experience. As I say, we started in early career helping you know students find internships and, and new grad opportunities, and now this is about helping everyone. And so that means you know a lot from a marketing perspective, um, sales perspective, and then also from our, our kind of you know engineering product and design efforts. Are you international to a high degree now, or will that be part of the growth strategy? We're not right now, but that's something that we're looking at for the near future. Getting candidates and even employees to, to yeah. self-ID is rough. They, they just don't do it because there's nothing in it for them. So why should hiring companies believe Canvas can drive better self-ID? Um, we're creating the universal profile for a candidate's career. Um, so we're, we're taking data from, from every fragmented place, meaning an ATS, and bringing that to, to one place, which is Canvas, allowing candidates to own, control, and represent that data how they want. Uh, and so that is a big enough incentive for the candidates. And we're having, you know, completion rates above, you know, 80% on, on this data compared to 10 to 15% from an ATS application. Okay. Help me understand here. Canvas seems like an experience in efficiency layer for only diverse candidates, or do you become the experience layer for all candidates? It's for all candidates. I think it depends on, you know, how we define diverse, right? Diverse means something probably different to every person, which is great. But to us as as a company and to me as an individual, it means everyone as we all have unique stories, um, different backgrounds. And I believe that we should be you know, able to really represent ourselves for our true self versus just our 
experiences. So it sounds like if I'm a company, I need a programmatic solution. I need a CRM. I need an RMP. Now I need a DRP, a DERP, and all of that layered over top of my ATS. Is is that correct? Or do you guys take over for RMPs, CRMs? Where can a DRP actually fit in that I can remove and prospectively find money to buy you? So we definitely sit on top of the ATS. And I would say that we've built one of the most sophisticated universal integrations um, for for all ATSs. Um, For me, I just don't really believe that the future is in you know, a CRM. We, we can obviously hold and store all historical communication and records and relationships between candidates. But I think that the way that CRM has, has evolved is, is just about how do we spam candidates over a period of time to hope that one day they'll respond. And I don't believe that that's the future of recruiting. And I don't believe that's that, that that's helped the industry today. And I think it's a large problem like that we face is because candidates are spammed by companies hundreds of times over the course of many years. And so we're, we're more about giving accessibility, giving greater signal, better data to enable companies to actually be speaking to candidates who are more interested in their organization versus going out to try and attract people who aren't necessarily interested. Talk about your uh, integration strategy, getting into the ATSs. Where is that and, and what is it on the roadmap? We very early were integrated with you know Greenhouse, Lever, and then we became official partners of, of Workday, Jobvite, and others. I spent so long working with ATSs and was largely the person who would work internally for companies to to onboard and integrate these ATSs. And so I know all the data that's held and all of the data, you know, that's available through different APIs. Um, and, and I believe that our integration is 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 the best out there in terms of what we can do in read and write, giving us and giving companies the ability to know a lot more than they know today. What's up, guys? I got a question for you. What happens when you bring the power of AI to programmatic advertising? Well, game-changing efficiency, of course. What does that mean to you? Improved conversion rates, reduced cost per application, and ultimately the one metric that we all know truly matters, reduced cost per hire. Sounds pretty good, right? Well, great news. This technology already exists. Introducing HireMaster.ai. HireMaster.ai is a data-driven model that analyzes a wide range of data sources. It considers factors such as candidate demographics, job type, industry, and historical performance data. It continuously monitors and optimizes your job advertising campaigns to adapt to changing market conditions and maximum results. HireMaster AI empowers recruiting teams to work more efficiently and effectively by automating certain tasks and providing valuable data-driven insights. Why not give it a shot today? Learn more and start your trial by visiting HireMaster.ai now. That's H-I-R-E-M-A-S-T-E-R dot A-I. How many integrations do you have and, and how many left do you have to, to do? Currently, we, we have done five, but the way that we've built this system, we expect to onboard probably 15 to 20 more within the next 12 months. Do you consider yourself a, a product or a feature? 
a product. You just talked about spamming mm. candidates, right? And that's and that's something that we we do. We we ask them to apply. They apply. They go into a black hole, and then we ask them to apply again. But what's what's the difference between doing that or creating a talent community? And this is from your website. Invite potential candidates to exclusive and curated private communities or reach the entire talent network on Canvas with a public community. I mean, who curates the relevant content and ensures the community doesn't stagnate? I mean, this seems still like it's on the shoulders of the company or is Canvas actually doing that as a service for the client? You know, when you think about talent communities, it's somewhat a newer concept. I look at recruiting in, in like three different phases which is super relevant to, to this question is the first phase is like, I'm not necessarily looking, but I'm kind of like open to learning more about what's out there. Right. And so it's like an exploration phase. The next is like, I'm actively wanting to leave my job. Therefore I'm interviewing. And then the third one is, is like, I'm negotiating and I'm about to resign and take like a, a new job offer. And I think throughout those phases, you need you need different services as a candidate and as a company. For us, we, we think about, you know, how do you engage with talent? How do you source talent? And how do you understand the talent? And everything is underpinned with, with diversity data. Um, and so when you think about the talent communities, um, engagement is, is important. And so that's giving either candidates to candidates the ability to understand more about industries, understand more about the process, or just in general, learn like what they may or may not like, whether it's between, you know, them or it's between companies and candidates, then it's more for them to actually ask questions to, to the recruiters. And usually these questions will be asked, you know, a hundred times over email and you'll have to answer those a hundred times over email or ignore the candidates, which usually is what happens. And so we want to create, you know, a, a place where people can get their questions answered and it's more scalable in communication terms. And so that's really where the talent communities comes in. And then in terms of like applying, well, I think you're talking about like inbound applicants versus outbound sourcing. And I think that's like a really whole different conversation and is, is pretty interesting, especially for us. A couple of different things. Uh, the talent community has been around since like around 2004. This is not something that's new. Now, the way that you might be pulling this off, uh, the process might be different and it might be new, but Avature started in 2004 as pretty much a CRM slash kind of like talent community. But overall... Uh, you know, what's the difference from a communication standpoint? How can your platform communicate better and more consistently with things that are relevant to the candidate versus, you know, just throwing press releases at them? Who does that? I would I'd say it's more of a, a newer concept in terms of how we see them operating um, and how they've been leveraged uh, more recently in the form of communication asynchronously like Slack um, and other platforms. And so we want to create the place where it's more interactive, right? Where candidates can get answers to questions from other candidates and also connect with other candidates to learn more, whilst also giving recruiters or hiring managers or whoever the ability to to either help or give more information and data to to candidates throughout the process um, to be more successful. Um, and that information is stored 
and made you know accessible to, to everyone throughout the process. Real quick question though, are you back in the day, uh, companies had forums where where job seekers could pretty much chat with each other somewhat like you're talking about now and they turned into shit shows. How can you guys actually, and I don't know this is on you, it's more on the company. Does a company want to have something like that that allows that kind of communication and the perspective banter back and forth. Because if they have a bad experience and they're going into a black hole and they're not getting up hired, how do you turn that into something that is more positive than negative? Yeah, well, I, I think th that's a great question. And I think if if more candidates are there saying, yeah, I haven't heard back for X amount of time, then in general, they'll know after X amount of time, it means it's like a no. But for us, that's not going to enable us to, to, to really win on an industry at scale. It's more about how do we give companies the ability to really do that process more effectively and efficiently as we talk about inbound applicants. And that's really like a core core part of our platform, the talent communities are, are still very much something that we're, we're building, working on and, and taking feedback. And they're not fully built out. But I think we've seen great engagement because we have great data that companies want to utilize them in, in different ways. And I think, as I'm sure you would agree, recruiting is different for every single company. And that's what fascinates me. And so there's no one strategy that's universal for every company. And so honestly, we see the companies use them in different ways, whether that's for an event that they're doing and putting everyone into a community, whether that's for, you know, a specific job or technical area. It's, it's really different for, for different companies. I want to thank Chad for taking us down memory lane and talking about forums on career sites. That was a fun month, wasn't it? Who are your competitors, Ben? Who, who are you? Who do you think of or who do you run into from a sales perspective the most? Yeah. I don't really like the word competitors because I think that we're all passionate about an industry and all trying to create change. And I think the world's a better place when we work together, not against each other. And honestly, I think we're all doing things a bit different. All right. You're, you're in cricket territory with that one. Okay. What are the, uh, what's the greatest threat to your business? The greatest threat, probably hiring great talent um, to scale the company and people believing and understanding in, in our vision because it's different. Um, I want to dig in a little bit with your shared shared candidate product. Dig into that a little bit. Uh, we've, we've had companies, startups come on and talk about you know shared databases and shared candidates. And it sounds very kumbaya um, and sort of like your uh, competitor answer. Uh, but I want to hear it from you. Uh, why it's a maybe it's an idea that whose time has come. I've always thought it ridiculous to think that that companies would share candidates, but you have data that might disprove that. What are you guys seeing? I would definitely disagree um, because we have data to say otherwise. We have people that applied to Airbnb, never heard back, and got jobs at Pinterest, and we we know that data because we know when they get hired and when they get interviewed. Um, I think it, it's it's pretty straightforward that. If you have good enough companies, um, you create, you know, a good enough reason for them to share. And it's, it's like a pay to play, right? If you want to see who applied to Stripe, well, you know, if you're Uber, you're probably more likely to then, you know, share your talent. And so we allow them to control and customize all of that within their, in, within their ATS integration. And so it's on the candidate and it's on the company to say after X amount of time, 
the candidate has the ability to show their profile to other companies. But with that, the candidates ultimately hold the power to say, yes, I would like to show my profile to other companies in the ecosystem or I wouldn't. But I, I think that, you know, when companies are receiving the amount of volume that they are, and then some other companies are receiving no volume and those candidates are going totally ignored, why not give them an opportunity elsewhere that they might really be passionate about and really interested in. And I experienced this as a recruiter firsthand, and I would share talent with recruiters I know and vice versa. And it's, this happens today in private Slack communities. So why shouldn't it happen at scale? So talk to me about your partnership strategy in this. As you said, we have to, it might be kumbaya, but it is a good strategy. You have to work together, but you can't work with everyone. You have to find the right partners. Who were the right partners for Canvas? The right partners are people, you know, I, I would say who aren't just talking the talk, but willing to walk the walk. And so that means it's it's less word vomit and more in their actions around building a more inclusive workplace. So what specific type of tech or company would you be looking for? Staffing companies? Would you be looking for more ATSs? Be be more specific. Yeah, it's it's tech finance companies um, from startups of 100 people to big Fortune 500 companies uh, that we work with as well. Okay, so those are mainly clients. Who who are you looking to create integrations with? Are you working with more diverse job sites? Who are you you actually working with to drive more of a value proposition for your platform? Oh yeah, sure. So we we work with a lot of different nonprofits, uh, diverse organizations. And so one of our official partners is, is Techaria. We work with Afrotech. Um, we work with Anita Borg. In addition to that, we're, we're looking to partner and work with, with every ATS out there. And we, we literally just agreed a partnership with smart recruiters yesterday. So so it, it, it ranges from, from ATSs to nonprofits to diverse organizations, but we're really interested in helping and working with companies who, who want to give more accessibility to talent. If we were to have a, a beer a year from now, what, what new tech would you be talking uh, about over a beer with me? Within our platform or in general? We're talking about you, Ben. This is all about you, baby. What uh, new new fancy <laughs> shit would you be talking about that's going on at Canvas? We would be utilizing data to give greater signal to companies, recruiters to make better decisions that have never been utilized before. In addition to that, I think that we would have the smartest and most innovative recommendation system out there through the structured self-reported data that we're collecting. What kind of CEO do you consider yourself? Like, are you a product guy? Are you a vision guy? Are you an operational guy? What kind of CEO do you think you are? Definitely not operational. I have great people to help me with that. More visionary and definitely a a very product design centric um, CEO. Um, I love design and love innovating with, you know, the UI and UX of a product. And what's the the vision of the company? I mean, you've raised uh, $32 million or somewhere around there. Um, is it, it? Will there be another raise in 12 to 18 months? Um, what, what's sort of the vision there in terms of fundraising? We actually officially raised in September, but announced now. So it, it was raised uh, last year and we you know, have been in conversations with different VCs recently and have a lot of interest. We, we plan to go out at the end of the year and raise off of trebling our revenue 
um, again in 2021 as we did in 2020. Talking to a client, what's the number one advantage of adding Canvas into my recruitment stack? What can I take away just about on day one? The number one advantage. We breathe life into your ATS and give you data that you've never had before, enabling you to automate, filter, and find more diverse talent than ever. And what is that going to cost me? Depends on the the size of the company, how many people are going to be leveraging the platform. So is it seats-based? It is seats-based, correct. Okay, seats-based. And are there other integration prices to be able to integrate into different job boards and things like that? Can I actually do job distribution through you guys and have candidates come directly through? Is there pricing for that? There's Yeah, there's pricing for like our... Should I say free core products, which is engage, source, and understand? Engage is events and talent communities. Source is the inbound sourcing and shared talent pool. And then understand is, is really the analytics. Um, and so it depends what you want to leverage and what you want access to. Um, and that's largely how the price of the seat is worked out. All right, Ben. That's the bell. Are you ready to face the firing squad? I'm ready. <laughs> You're so laid back, man. I want to be in a company meeting uh, with you, uh, like getting fired up and getting the troops, get the troops mobilized. So I'm always a big believer in I, I'd much rather be a, a, an average surfer on a on a great wave than a great surfer on a shitty wave. And I think that there's no question in my mind that you are on a good wave. I think in terms of the, the firing squad, I'm, I'm still a little bit up in the air in terms of how good a surfer you are or how good the company is. I think that the amount of money you've raised, the sort of clientele that you have uh, leveraging uh, the platform is obviously an incredibly solid, um, uh, solid uh, case by you. Um, I don't know if I'm sold on the whole sharing candidates. Um, maybe it's just my age. Uh, I turned 50 this year, so maybe I'm just an old, old codger and don't, and don't get the whole sharing of data thing, but, uh, I'll take your word to some degree that that's, that's effective. But I think your main tool, the thing that people use you for is, is the diversity play. Um, I love the tracking, the analytics, uh, that you have, um, at the company. I think the, the, the brains behind that. Um, is incredibly impactful. I think that you're building a product uh, that will that will be engaged and welcomed by a global uh, audience of employers. I think that um, you know we all agree. I think that that diversity, inclusion, e- equity, and equality isn't going anywhere, and, and particularly for a younger generation, that is what they expect out of their employers. Uh, aside from the data that tells us that that's how businesses uh, should be run, so that's where. Uh, the wave is going, and I think that you're going to benefit from that greatly. Um, so for those reasons, from me, uh, Canvas, although I'm going to have a hard time letting go of the original Canvas, Canvas.com gets a rousing applause from me. Chad? Very nice. Very nice. Well, first and foremost, Ben, congrats on the new funding and the new brand, because I guarantee you your sales and marketing staff Uh, would probably kiss you on the mouth if you were actually in the office. Uh, Jumpstart.me was pretty easy, but Canvas, one word, two-syllable brand, and better yet, scoring the Canvas.com domain, dude, that's a fucking jackpot. 
But let's not get ahead of ourselves here. This this won't be an easy road. We've seen many accomplished CEOs with multiple exits get eaten alive by an industry that is slow to adopt and about five years behind the real world tech curve. Diversity over the years has been nothing more than what our friend John Graham likes to call a compliance-based activity for the last 60 years. And 60 years, that's that's not centered on hiring outcomes. If it was, we'd be there already. Or even trying to move the needle. I mean, because again, all of that work and all of, all of that money hasn't moved the needle as we all wished it would. The shared database, I love. And to be quite frank, I, I remember years ago actually saying that Uh, When I was creating veteran hiring programs, if we had a shared veterans database, I bet companies would do it. This is a different form of diversity, a larger form of diversity, and I buy it. All of this seems somewhat kind of like you're riding a wave and there's a lot that you have to do to be able to make sure that uh, you carry diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, to the force that it can be. The thing that I, I think that I appreciate the most about this is the enriched data and analytics, because showing where you are falling down and rising above is exactly what we need a platform to do to ensure that we create a greater business case for diversity. I am behind you 100%, but you've got such a long way to go. It's a golf clap for me, sir. Not too shabby, Ben. How do you feel? I appreciate both your perspectives, and I agree. It, it's a difficult challenge to overcome. No one's really done it, but I believe that we will do it, and we will ultimately make the world more equitable. I'm, I'm excited for it. Let everyone know once again that domain that they can find more about Canvas. You can learn and find more on canvas at canvas.com. <laughs> Chad? Nice. We out. We out. This has been the Firing Squad. Be sure to subscribe to the Chad and Chief podcast so you don't miss an episode. And if you're a startup who wants to face the Firing Squad, contact the boys at chadcheese.com today. That's www.chadcheese.com. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.